0: Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at stevenscreekchurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here i like to welcome all those watching online. I'd like to welcome those at our campuses. First of all, our South Campus. Hey, it's a big day at South. Uh, congratulations on your third anniversary. I want to uh, amen. Highlight uh, Branton and Jillian and Caleb and Jennifer, Richie. I just appreciate all the volunteers who've served faithfully. Just so that you'll know, when they start off, uh, they start off with 75 people. Last week they had over 200, so we're just thrilled uh, with your work at South Campus. And so, two years ago, we dedicated that facility this weekend. Um, and so, uh, it's just kind of neat. But also, this time last year, we launched and dedicated our Grovetown facility. And our Grovetown facility um, in the campus is doing uh, so well. I'd like to highlight uh, Pastor Steve and Sherry, um, Naomi and Chandler, like Stacey and Jeremy, um, and also Matt and uh, Kaylin. Thank you so much for all your service and everything you've done. Uh, Grovetown, since the beginning of the year, has been over 300 people, so we're just excited about Grovetown. <clears throat> You know, when you think about campuses, it takes a lot uh, to put on a campus, and I just appreciate Pastor Todd and his leadership over our campus expansion. His assistant is Melanie Sprouse, and uh, she's the one that really does the heavy lifting and does the work, and so um, we're blessed to have such a great team. And I know this, it is because of your generosity um, that this is happening. You know, you've been faithful to give, you've been faithful to to support and, and to serve And I am just so appreciative, you know, three years ago, I would, I wouldn't envision that we'd have campuses in Grovetown and South, but the Lord had it, um, in his heart and opened the door for us. And you responded so well and so generously. So thank you so much. Some people have said, you know, what's next? Well, we're going to see what doors the Lord's opening up, but I would just be honored to serve the people of Aiken County somehow. So, um, uh hear that, Lord? (laughs) So just pray with me about that and just a facility there. Uh, But we're trying to follow the Lord each and every day. Thank you so very much. Well, today we're continuing, we're completing our series called How to Read the Bible. Before we get started, you know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about uh, the couple that was celebrating their 50th anniversary, and they went out to eat, and on the way back home, Uh, The wife looked over at her husband and saw a little tear coming out of his eyes and she said, oh, honey She said "Uh, are you getting sentimental about our 50 wonderful years together? He said, well uh, Not really I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about the day we got married and how your dad held a shotgun up to me and said that you better marry her or you're gonna spend 50 years in jail He said, you know, I was thinking about that and Tomorrow, I would have been a free man. <laughs> and so if that's you, we've got the XO marriage conference coming up in a few weeks. You don't have to wait till you're 50. You can get happy before then. Like I said, today we're con- completing our series called How to Read the Bible. This series has been based on 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 where it says, all scripture is God breathed and it is useful for teaching, uh, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We read that scripture and we said, okay, I can see myself in that scripture. Yes, I have been taught. (laughs) Yes, I've been rebuked. I've been corrected. I've been trained. But you know, there are times when I open up the pages of the Bible and I read a section, I'm thinking like, what am I reading? Have you ever done that? Have you ever read something in the Bible said, I don't quite get this. I don't understand this passage. You know, when you come to a place like that, it's good just to pause for a moment and just say a prayer. Say, God, would you open up my eyes? Give me spiritual eyes so that I can see what you want me to learn in this reading today. God, open up my eyes. You know, the Lord said he would send the Holy Spirit to do that. In fact, when Jesus was preparing um, to go to the cross, he gathered his disciples together and he said these words. He said, uh, there's coming the advocate, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will come. He's going to teach you all things and he's going to remind you of everything that I have said to you. So he said, in the days ahead, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to open up your eyes so that you can understand the Scriptures. He's gonna, and he does that by giving you thoughts or maybe giving you impressions, maybe giving you promptings along the way. He illuminates. He enlightens. To enlighten means that he shines a light on something. You know, you're reading something, and maybe you've read it over and over again, and this next time that you read that, it's like a light bulb comes on. It's like, oh, I see that I understand it differently this time. It's an aha moment. God turns the light on. It's my prayer that as we go through today's message and throughout the week, that God will turn the light on for us, that we will see things that maybe we have not seen before in the Scriptures Here's what I know, that over the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about four Bible stories. We're going to end this series by looking at stories from the Bible. And we're going to ask God to open up our spiritual eyes so that in these stories, we will have lessons that will help us be better people and help us to get through what we are going through. So we're saying, God, open up our eyes so that I can see what you want me to see. You see, when God opens up my spiritual eyes, I see the solution to my problem. When God opens up my spiritual eyes, I see the solution to my problem. In Genesis chapter 1, we see the story of Abraham and Sarah. And in this story, God promised Abraham that he would be the father of a great nation and that he would have sons to carry out his legacy. Now, when Abraham turned 90 years old, he and Sarah were still childless. And at this point, Sarah was giving up hope. And so she divided, she developed a plan B. Sarah said to Abraham, said, Abraham, I'm too old to have a baby. And I know that you're going to be a father of a great nation. I want you to take my assistant, my handmaiden, Hagar, And I want you to let her to be a surrogate mother. In other words, Abraham, I want you to have a baby with my handmaiden. Abraham said, now that's a great idea, but but are you sure, honey? Are you sure? Now, let me understand this. You want me to take your handmaiden. Yes, that's what I want you to do. And so Hagar became pregnant with Abraham's child. This was not God's plan. This was Sarah's plan. The baby was born, and she named that child Ishmael. Now, one day, Abraham held up this little baby Ishmael and said, God, you have given me this child. You've given me this promised boy. And and God said, wait a minute. That's not my plan. That was Sarah's plan. Now, I love Ishmael. Ishmael's a good kid, and I'm going to make Ishmael into a great nation, but he is not the promised son. Later, by a miracle, Sarah becomes pregnant, and she had a little boy, and she named him Isaac. Now, Isaac was the promised son. Isaac grew up, had children and so forth, and he became the father of the Jewish nation. By the way, Ishmael becomes the father of the Arab nation. And there are tensions between these two boys. Let's bring it home. Did you hear what I said? Ishmael is the father of the Muslims. Isaac is the father of the Jews. This tension between those boys have continued for thousands of thousands of years. The tension grew to the point where Sarah said, look, I need peace in the house. And she kicked Hagar and Ishmael out of their house. She said to her, Abraham, I want you to get that woman out of this house. Get that woman out of this house. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water. This is Genesis chapter 21, verse 14. And he gave them to Hagar, and he set them on her shoulders and sent her off with the boy. She went on her way, and she wandered to the desert of Beersheba. So here, Hagar and Ishmael's wandering out in the desert, and eventually they ran out of water. Hagar felt like, this must be the end of my life. This is the end of the road here. So I'm going to die in the desert. In her desperation, Hagar cried out to God. And God heard her prayer. And notice this. We are praying, God, open my eyes so that I can see uh, the solution to my problem. Uh, she prayed, God, help me. Verse 19, then God opened her eyes. She, uh, he opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water, and she gave the boy a drink. Here's the, uh, the point. Hagar had the solution To her problem right in front of her. It was a well of water, but she could not see that solution until God opened up her eyes. She couldn't see that the answer was right in front of her. I don't know what you're going through, but I do know this. There are a lot of folks in this room, in our Grovetown campus, in our South campus, watching online, that you are going through challenges, you're facing problems. And some of you are saying, you know, I don't see any way around it. There's no answer. It just looks like one dead end after another dead end. It is my prayer today that God will open your spiritual eyes, that God will allow you to see that the answer to your problem is right in front of you, that the answer to your problem is seeing things from God's point of view. When Hagar opened her eyes, the resources were literally in front of her. I want you to invite God to lead your life, to open up your eyes. God, open up your eyes so that I can see what you want me to see, okay? God, open up my eyes so that I can see what you want me to see, I said, there's four stories. That was the first one. Here's story number two. God, open up my spiritual eyes so that I can see the barrier to my progress. Open up my spiritual eyes so that I can see the barrier to my progress. If you're like me, there are some things that you want to do, but for whatever reason, you just can't get it done. It's like something or somebody is holding you back. You take a couple of steps forward, and then uh, you, it's like a stalemate, and then you end up taking a few steps backwards. And it's this game that you're playing, but you can't break through the barrier. Some of you, you want to start a family. You want to get out of debt. You want to start a business. You, you have this goal. You have this dream. But you keep bumping in to this invisible wall. And it's stopping you. And it's, it's hurting your progress. You've got to open up your spiritual eyes so that you can see that God has the power to remove barriers. There's a story in Numbers chapter 22. Now look at the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's the first five books of the Bible. Numbers is uh, number four. There's a story in Numbers chapter 22 about a man named Balaam. He was a man of God. He was a prophet. But one day, Balaam just veered off course. He just wandered off the course, and he started doing some business with some very bad people. And when Balaam went in that direction, God, it unnerved God, and God started to redirect Balaam's life. But he pushed God aside, and he pressed on with his plan. Well... God put an angel in Balaam's pathway and he blocked his progress. Now, Balaam could not see this angel, but he knew that something was holding him back. Now, some of you, you're trying to make progress and you can't get past this and you can't see what's keeping you back. Could it be that God has placed an angel in your pathway to keep you from going where you're going? That's the story of Balaam. Balaam could not see this angel. He's riding on a donkey at this time. He couldn't see it, but you know, this, the, the, But the donkey could see the angel. And that angel scared the donkey so much that it bolted off the road, went into the field, and Balaam responded by getting mad at the donkey and started uh, pulling and beating on the donkey until the donkey got back on the road. Then this very thing happened a second time. The angel stood in the road right in between a vineyard um, and a wall, and as Balaam is driving his donkey through this little narrow place, this angel closed the gap, and when it closed the gap, this donkey pressed Balaam against the wall, and it crushed his foot. Here's the point. We will always get hurt when we do things that God does not want us to do. We'll always get hurt when we do things that God does not want us to do. Balaam's foot was crushed against that wall. What did he do? He beat the donkey again. This happened a third time. And finally, on the third time, the donkey laid down and in a fit of rage, Balaam beat it again and the Lord did something that surprised, would surprise all of us and definitely surprised Balaam, caused the donkey to be able to talk. The donkey said, why are you doing this to me? Now, can you imagine you're riding on a donkey and all of a sudden that donkey starts talking to you, sits down, starts talking to you. Why are you doing this? We pick it up in chapter 22 and verse 31. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head. Balaam fell down on the ground before him. It was at that moment that Balaam's eyes were opened. It was in that moment that he saw the barrier of his progress. Some of you have plans that are not working out. You wanna go this way and you go this way and you get blocked. You turn and you go this way and you get blocked. You try to start this business and it, and it fails. You try to do this and, and it's like you're hitting this uh, barrier. And as a result of that, you're just mad. You're frustrated. You're mad at everybody. You come home, you're mad at your wife. You're mad at your kids. You go to work, you're mad at the people you work with. It's like you are so frustrated on the inside, and that frustration is just um, overflowing on the outside because you're not making progress. Could it be that God is blocking you? He's trying to keep you from making a serious mistake. When your progress is being blocked, you've got really two choices. You can beat the donkey or you can ask God to open up your spiritual eyes. You can beat the donkey or you can ask God to open up your spiritual eyes. When God opens my eyes, I can see the solution to my problems. I said I want to talk about four stories. We're talking about opening spiritual eyes here. The third one is this. When when God opens our spiritual eyes, I see how God protects me. When I open my spiritual eyes, I see how God protects me. There are times when we all feel like we're under attack. And this could be you right now. You feel like you've been attacked. Maybe some of you have been attacked by germs. It's like that the germs come into your house, you get sick, it goes through your whole family. And so you've got to deal with this over and over again. And then you have a, a week or two reprieve and there it comes again. It's like, can I ever get well? Have you ever felt like that? Can I ever get past this? And so you feel like you're under attack by germs. Maybe you're under attack by the economy. It says like every time I try to take a step forward, um, I'm not getting ahead. Maybe it's by former friends. Maybe it's by your own family members. Maybe it is by the thoughts that you have in your mind. You know, the greatest weapons I believe that Satan uses against you are those negative thoughts. Those negative thoughts that come in you that war against your peace. It gives fear to you and you sit there immobilized because of all this thinking that's going on in your mind. Do you know the scripture says that we have the power in Jesus to bring every thought under the submission of Jesus Christ? Because the weapons that we fight with are not carnal, but they are mighty, through God, to the pulling down of those strongholds. A few weeks ago, I said, a stronghold is a lie that we believe. And so we're going to pull down those strongholds because those thoughts are warring against us. God, open up our eyes so that I can see how you are protecting me. There's a great story in 2 Kings chapter 6. It's the story of Elisha and the Armenians. In the Old Testament, there's a nation called Aram, and the nation of Aram was always at war with Israel. But it seems like every time they went to attack Israel, God told Elisha, the prophet, all the plans that Aram had, the king of Aram had. And so um, Elisha would then go to the king of Israel, hey, this is what's going to happen. You need to be on guard. You need to be working for this. And finally, the king of Aram got so frustrated, he said, I just can't win. There must be a traitor in our midst. In fact, in 2 Kings chapter 6, he says the king of Aram became upset with this. He called his, his officers together and demanded, which one of you is a traitor? Which one of you is a traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? One of the officers said, hey, 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 now, it's not us. It's not us, the king. Elisha the prophet in Israel tells the king of Israel even the words that you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. He said you go find him and you bring him to me and the report came back says well Elisha's down there at Dothan and Dothan was this little town in Israel and so one night the king of Aram had this great army and they went down with chariots and horses and surrounded the city of Dothan. Early the next morning, uh, Elisha's servant Gehazi comes out and he sees all of the enemy uh, chariots and horses and all of the thousands of troops there. And Gehazi has this panic attack it's just me and Elisha and all these people are coming against us. He goes, says, Elisha, what are we going to do? He said, "I oh, don't be afraid. There's more on our side than their side. And Gehazi was thinking, no, it's you and me and thousands of people against us. And Elisha prayed, verse 17, God, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. There were supernatural forces there to protect Elisha. Gehazi could not see them, but they were there. Oftentimes, you and I, when we talk about the forces there that are there to protect us, We have a name for that. We call them our guardian angels. We have guardian angels. I believe in guardian angels. I believe the words of the New Testament in Hebrews, it says that God uh, has angels who are ministering spirits sent there to minister to you. I believe that we have guardian angels. This past Friday night, Patty and I were on the interstate And we're on the interstate where there's three lanes of traffic and it was going down to two lanes of traffic. Because I wasn't worried about anything. I was in the middle lane, so I'm I'm just covered. I'm just going along. But there's a car on my left and one on my right. And the one on my right is about to lose his lane because it is going there. And he's just barreling ahead. And then he recognizes that the road... Um, has gone to two lanes, and he just comes right over. And, you you know, when somebody comes over, it wasn't my blind spot because I am watching it. I I mean, I'm seeing this happen, and I am just feeling this. I'm I'm thinking, I'm about to get hit. It's rainy and wet out here. I'm about to get hit. And then all of a sudden, something happened, and all three of those cars kind of opened up. And we just went on. It was not an event at all not at all. I wonder in, the, uh, in eternity when God opens the books that he's going to say, you see that, that time that you're on the interstate and went from three? I want you to see what was really going on behind the scenes. I want you to see that there were angels there protecting you. How many times in your life have you been in a situation that could have turned out very differently than it did and you felt like, wow, how did that happen? And then you recognize that there must have been some type of force of good working on your behalf. A guardian angel there to serve you, there to help you. When Gaius saw the guardian angels, his fear went away. He recognized that God has forces there to protect him. That's what I'd say to you. God has forces here to protect you. And when you realize that, your fear and your anxiety will go down dramatically. Because you recognize that the forces that are for you are greater than the forces that are against you. And when God opens your spiritual eyes, you will see how God protects you. Now, here's the fourth story. Fourth, sorry, when you open, uh, when God opens your spiritual eyes, you will see how God is walking with you. How God is walking with me. I don't know what you're going through, uh, but uh, right now, but I know some of you are going through things like all of us. But there's a group of you that you feel like you're going through this, and you're by yourself. You're just alone. And uh, you haven't talked about it a lot, but you have this feeling, this is my fight, I am battling this, this is my, my deal, this is my issue, I am all alone in this fight. But I would say to you, you're wrong. Because you are not alone in this fight. You are not alone in this battle, for God is walking with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you, but he will be with you to the very end of this age. In Luke chapter 24, there's a story about two disciples walking down the road to Emmaus on the very first Easter Sunday. It was Easter Sunday. Jesus had just risen from the dead And he appeared to these two guys on the road to Emmaus. But here's the deal they didn't recognize him at all. They didn't recognize him, and Jesus just was walking alongside and and asked him the question, said, What are y'all so concerned about? And Clopas said, Have you not heard? He said, you must be the only person in all of Jerusalem that haven't heard about what happened to Jesus. They arrested him and they crucified him and now his body is missing. We heard that he rose from the grave. We don't know what to believe. As they're walking down the road, they make a turn to go to their home. And they turned to this man they don't recognize, Jesus, and they said, Hey, won't you come? And It's late. Won't you come and have dinner with us? And he sat down at that table, and as Jesus sat with those disciples to eat, Luke chapter 24 and verse 30 said, When he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. And notice this, verse 31, And their eyes were opened and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and then he disappeared from their sight. It was Jesus. He had been walking with them on the road to Emmaus. They had been talking with him. They ate dinner with him. But then their eyes were opened. It was one of these aha moments. You see, in their grief, they didn't recognize him. They were just so overwhelmed with their own pain. They were overwhelmed in their own suffering. They had suffered this enormous loss. They had suffered this enormous loss and they couldn't see that he was right there with them. It was an aha moment. I don't know what you've lost, but I know you've lost things. Maybe you've lost a loved one recently. Maybe you've lost your health. Maybe you've lost your job or maybe you've lost some important relationship. Maybe you've lost a very important account at work. And you are grieving the loss of this relationship. And you cannot see it right now. But you're not alone in this grief. And you're not alone in this loss. But Jesus is walking with you. You've never been alone. God has been there even though you have been blinded. And it is my prayer today that God will open your spiritual eyes so that you will see that He is walking with you through this valley, through this pain, through this grief, through this suffering, through this sadness, that you are not alone. God is with you. I just shared four stories from the Bible. And all four of these stories deal with opening of your eyes. We're closing out this series called How to Read the Bible. And um, this is just an example of how a common theme like opening up your eyes can be told in different stories through over a period of hundreds or even thousands of years. And it's really speaking to us in this generation for us to be willing to respond to God's promptings, that, that we would pray that prayer, God, would you open your, my eyes so that I could see you as you are. This is an important series because I believe there's power in God's Word. We know that this is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. We also know that this Word is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. We know that heaven and earth will pass away, but God's Word will always be here. As I was thinking about this, as I was going to bed last night, I was just thinking about the last four weeks, and the sermon's already turned in. I turned it in earlier uh, this week, but I was just thinking about it, and as I'm, I had this thought as I'm getting in the bed about Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11. So this morning when I got up, this is the first thing I did. I opened up to Isaiah 55 and 11. I said, I just need to add this verse. We're talking about God's word, right? Isaiah 55 and verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve for the purpose for which I sent it. We see here that as God's word goes out, as God's word is spoken over you. It's going to go out. It's not going to return empty. It's not going to return void. But God's word is going to accomplish the very thing that he has sent it out to accomplish. So as I speak God's word over you today, I want you to receive his word. And I want you to have the confidence that it is not going out Vo- and not return void or empty, but it will accomplish the very thing that God wants it to accomplish. So today we're going to come to the place where we say, God, I receive your word in my life. I receive your word. Open my spiritual eyes so that I can see your activity, but open my heart so that I can receive your word because your word says that I can be free in Jesus' name. Your word says I can be healed by the stripes of Jesus. Your word says that I can have a new song and a new joy and a new peace and a new life. Your word says that I am the head and not the tail. I am above and I'm not beneath. Your word says I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus name so that is his word being spoken over you and it is not going to return void but it's going to accomplish the very thing that it is set out to do amen let's stand together Grovetown, South Campus, let's stand together I'm going to pray over you I'm going to pray God's word over you And I just want you to receive what God has for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over the uh, Stevens Creek Church. I pray, God, that you would move on our people today. God, you know the struggle. You know the difficulty. God, you know the people that are battling with addictions. You know those that are struggling with sickness and disease. You know those that have... um, feel like that they have barriers that are keeping them from making progress. God, whatever it is, let your word go forward and accomplish the very thing that it was set out to do. God, let your word come alive in us. And Father, we receive your word into our lives. Say that. Say, God, I receive your word in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.